All right. Well, for uh, those of you who are new here, I'm not an air I'm not an airline pilot. And that I was rushing off the airplane to get here. <laughs> uh, me and my wife are part of an organization. Called the Salvation Army. And uh, we basically are a non profit organization, a Christian organization, and we help people. So, for those of you who have never seen me, that's why I'm dressed this way. <laughs> it's my uniform. <laughs> okay, so. Um, Let's get started, and we'll look at First uh, Peter, First Peter, chapter one. Okay, and we're going to start from verse twenty-two and read to the end. Okay, 1 Peter 1.22 says, Since you have been purified, or since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brothers, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you right now for your amazing gospel message which changes people's lives. And Lord, I just ask and pray that we could learn today how to reach out with this gospel message. In Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about a story that someone gave me. I used uh, when before we came here to Lithuania. 
um, me and my wife worked in what's called an adult rehabilitation center. And for those of you who have never heard of that, these are places where people who struggle with, with drug addiction or alcoholism could go. In America, they have some of the, the most um, well-known adult rehab centers. Salvation Army, that is. <laughs> So um, I got to have a Bible study with with some of the guys every Tuesday. And I was talking about salvation one of these Tuesdays. And what happened was after the the class, one of the guys came to me. And he says, can you wait? Don't leave yet. I want to show you something. I said, sure. So I waited for him. He went to his room. And he came out and he had, he basically had a bottle. It was an empty bottle. But on the bottle, instead of the this tag, it had a, a made-up one. It was a little worn out. But it said on it, Jesus loves you. He says, do you see this bottle? This bottle changed my life. And I said, well, how'd that happen? He said that before he came to the adult rehab center there, he had been eight years on the streets, homeless, and uh, both a drug addict and, a, and an alcoholic. He was addicted to methamphetamines. And he said that he had been in and out of rehab centers. But he had always never was able to overcome this addiction. And so one day he was out on the street sitting down begging for money. He hadn't been drunk in a couple of days because he hadn't had money. And he was really craving alcohol. So he kept on begging to try to get enough money for one. And a family come walking by. It was a father, an older daughter, and two boys. One boy was about 10, and the other one was about 4. And they were handing out cold waters to people. 
And on the cold waters it said, Jesus loves you. And the guy, you know, he was, wasn't far, and all of a sudden he saw the little boy come to him. The little four-year-old. And the little four-year-old came walking with his cold water. And he went like this. So he grabbed the water. And he said, this is what the boy told him. A little four-year-old boy said, Jesus died for you and he rose from the dead for you. And he smiled and he walked towards back towards his dad. And the man just was stunned. He said he just looked at the water for several minutes. You see, he told me that when he had left his family several years ago, his son was about four years old. And he hasn't seen his son in eight years. Because he's been a drug addict and a, an alcoholic all these years. And so he said when that little boy gave him this water, he said it reminded him of what he lost. It reminded him of how his life has fallen apart. And he said, so he jumped up and began to run to see if he could find the family. But it had been several minutes and the family was already gone. So he finally looked around and found a church. And he ran into the church and he asked for the pastor. And when the pastor came out, he said, how can I help you, sir? And he says, look at what this says. I need to know how, to, how Jesus loves me. I need to know why he died for me. And so the pastor led him to Christ that day. And, and then soon he led him to the Salvation Army Adult Rehab Center. And the guy had been freed from drugs and alcohol for now over eight months. But he said, you know what the greatest thing about Jesus is? He started crying. He said, I got to see my son last week. He said, my boy. My wife let me come and see him. And he told them the story of the 
of the bottle. And he led them all to Christ. The Father led them all to Jesus through the story of the bottle. What a beautiful story, huh? But you know, I tell you this story because of our text. This passage is a very powerful passage. In verse 22, it tells how much we love each other as brothers and sisters. Because we obeyed the truth of God. But then it says what that truth did to us. In verse 23 it says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. See, the word of God is a seed. And, and how many of you uh, do, do so, have a garden? Any of you? Okay, we have a few people who have gardens. You have a garden, huh? Good. And, and what you do is you go and you plant the seed, right? And that seed grows into a plant, right? Well, if you go... Well, the Word of God is a seed. And according to the Word of God, that seed will produce, eventually, the new birth. You will become brand new. A new life. While I was at the adult rehab center, I saw so many different people that had changed lives. I remember them telling me how they went from being, they, they showed me pictures of what they used to look like, and, and then I was looking at them then. It was examples like this. You know, you see uh, that these are former drug, or drug addicts that ended up cleaning their lives up. They started going to church because Jesus turned their life around, right? That's what the new birth does. It takes that old life and makes you brand new. But the text continues. It then then it quotes a scripture from the book of Isaiah. All flesh is grass, and all the glory of flesh is as the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Jūsta, 
All flesh is grass. Why would he say that in this context? He's talking about how our lives have been changed. But then he brings this text up from the book of Isaiah. What is he trying to tell us? Well, if you were to go to Isaiah chapter 40, you would see what this meant. Because here we see it, uh, the word zole, we see grass here. If you think about what grass is, grass grows and then it dies after a short time. But the grass also has a flower to it. And that's called the glory of the of the grass. That, gr that grows, the flower grows uh, for only a short time while the grass is alive. And so the glory of the flower is like, what he's saying is that our life is like that grass. We have the sh these short times of having some glory. But our glory is very short. And then the rest of our life is just living. And then he says, we'll fade away. The grass withers. I didn't know that would happen, but the grass withers. And the flower fades. You know, let me say that this is this shows that life is very fragile. You know, we tend to kind of almost have a mentality like we're invulnerable. Because all of us woke up today. And we woke up just like we woke up the day before. And the day before that. Many of us have woken up so many times that we take it for granted. But we don't realize that life is like grass. It's very delicate. And in a second it could be gone. Life could be done with, with in, from one minute to the next. Let me give you some examples. Anybody know who this is? He's a famous ba baseball player over in America. His name was Tyler Skaggs. And he played for the Anaheim Angels. He was a good pitcher for them. Made, million, made millions of dollars. And had a family. 
And one day, at the age of 27 years old, he has a heart attack. This was shocking. Nobody ever figured that he would have a heart attack. The guy was an athlete. He had a strong heart. Whenever he had, he had to have always had checkups because he's a baseball player and he never they never said he had a weak heart and at the age of 27 he leaves a wife and two kids behind how'd that happen here's another one and this guy, get to him, there he is, he was a football player. His name was Mitch. And he had played for different teams in football. And he was retired, 32 years old. Here's what he did. He went out to the lake with his friends. And they went climbing up a mountain. And while he was up in the mountain, he ended up collapsing. He had died of the heat stroke. 32 years old. Now, there are other famous people. I mean, look at this one right here. Anyone know who that is? Princess Diana for you young kids. <laughs> yeah. She was one of the uh, uh, ladies of the world. They all knew about this lady who was a kindergarten teacher, became princess in England. But her and her boyfriend were driving down the highway, and the car crashed. How many times have you driven your cars, some of you who have cars, and you, you just go, go another day without any incidences. Happens all the time. We take our lives for granted. One more. This guy, anyone know who Paul Walker is? He actually played in a movie called Fast and Furious. You guys, anyone see that movie Fast and Furious? A few of you, yeah. Good, good movie, yeah. Well, he had a fast car. And he drove too furious. And it crashed. And he died in his 20s. Nobody. Nobody expects to die at a young age. In fact, death is always surprising. None of us really figure we're going to be in the hospital tomorrow. Let me tell the story of one more guy. This guy's name was Frank Pastori. 
Frank Pastore was a pastor, but also a radio personality. I knew him from the radio. He had a, a weekday show that was very good. He had all sorts of guests on. And so I loved listening to his show. But this truly happened. One night they were, he was talking about death. And how we all will die one day. And he just said, you know, I drive a motorcycle. And any time I'm on the highway, and I get onto the 22, it's a highway, that, he said, any car could just go and hit me. My body could be on that street one day. And I'm not kidding. He left that show that day. Got on his motorcycle. And someone crashed into him. And killed him. That night. It's like he prophesied what it was going to happen to him. Life is very fragile. You may think you're invulnerable. You may think that to, to, today when you go home you're going to see your neighbor. Who doesn't know the Lord? You may think that you're going to call one of your family members who doesn't know the Lord and they're going to be there. You, you may think that your co worker is going to be there when you show up to work. But nobody really knows. Because we are all sinners. And being sinners, we have a death sentence. And that death sentence could happen at any moment. Let me show you a verse. It's found in the book of Luke. It's going to be the book of Luke, chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled in their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? Jesus said to them, 
pirmas jiems tarė, ar manote, kad tie galėliečiai buvo didesni nusidėlį žiūsus kitus galėliečius? Sorry. I tell you no, but unless you repent, you could likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Okay, so in Luke, right here, it says, but, he says, he says, okay, let me just say, mention the story. We go back. Here's a story where the disciples are wondering about this incident that happened. Where some people died in, because of Pontius Pilate. And so they were wondering if maybe those guys were pretty big sinners. <laughs> and so Jesus said, you would think that, would you? <laughs> you probably think those ones that fell in the tower uh, not too long ago and they perished. You think they're big sinners too, don't you? But he tells them, no, that's not the case. You all could die like that. Because we all have a death sentence. So he says, repent. Repent. Right? Agala. Right? And, and that's where the Isaiah passage comes in. In Isaiah chapter 40, that one verse where it says, all flesh is grass shows up. And that passage is basically an introduction to John the Baptist. The one who cries in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. This is presented in Isaiah chapter 40. And that verse from 1 Peter shows up where it says, All flesh is grass. And it's, it's because it defined the ministry of John the Baptist. His ministry was to preach repentance. Was to warn the people, your lives are in danger. You need to, you need to turn to the Messiah. And Jesus basically says the same thing. You've got to repent. Because any of us could die at any time. I want to take you to a passage in 2 Corinthians. Only two more passages. 
But find 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Go ahead. Yes. Right there. That's good. No, you know, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Just leave it all up there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to start at verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You see, that's what we were talking about from 1 Peter. That when the word of God, when we obeyed the word of God with our heart, when we believed in the gospel, we became new creatures in, or creations in Christ. It changed our life. Right? But watch now what Paul says. He says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be made become the righteousness of God in him. I want to, I think, talk, I want to give you the Lord's heart right now. Because I know we all have neighbors. We all have family members. We all have co-workers or fellow students that right now are dying in their sins. That right now do not know the Lord. And how many times have we walked by our neighbor's house knowing that they don't know the Lord and have never shared the gospel with them. How many times have, have we called that family member who, who doesn't know the Lord, who's dying in their sins, and we never shared the gospel with them? How many times have our co-workers or fellow students never heard the gospel from us how many times you know some people think well that's not my gift 
I'm not called to be an evangelist. Okay, all I have to say is verse 17. <laughs> right? Are you in Christ? <laughs> right? Are you in Christ? And they would always say, oh, of course I am. Then God has given you the ministry of reconciliation. You have become Jesus' ambassador. Not just the ones called to be evangelists. All of us. Every one of us are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. All of us have within us the word of God. That word of God is eternal. The message will change a life. And if we don't preach that message, their life is grass. It could pass at any moment. You know, uh, today was the first day I came here without my car. I unfortunately went over the days that you're allowed to drive with an American license. And you, I need to get a Lithuanian license since I'm a resident here. So I'm not allowed to drive. Shame on me. But I took a bus and I brought some books that I was looking forward to reading. I was really wanting to read these books. But a young man came up to me. Right before we entered the bus. And he, he said, are you taking this bus? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, well, um, do you happen to have a charger? Because this bus doesn't have a charger. That's that charger back there, right? And so, you know, I, in my selfishness, I was thinking, well, I need this you know, but, be, but Jesus compelled me. Sure, I'll let you borrow it. And so he, this young man, he's about 21. He gets on the bus, and then I sit down, and he sits down right next to me. And I'm thinking, I want to read my books. But he was like, it's okay if I sit next to you, right? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then he said, oh, good, good. Uh, thank you for letting me use your charger. And Life's been pretty tough for me. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see my mom for the first time in five years. And this poor kid told me about told me about how his life of abuse just opened his heart how his dad had abused him and the police took him out of the house and put him into a home and so he he hadn't seen his mom in five years and I thought to myself oh my gosh what an open door so I, so I told him I'm a pastor. Let me tell you about Jesus. So we talked about the Lord. And after we were done talking, he asked me where I was going. And I said, well, I get invited to churches once in a while to speak. He said, well, the next time you're in Vilnius, can I go to the church you speak at? Because I want to know more about that. I can't believe it happened on the way here. That kid could die in his sins. And the Lord made sure I sat right next to him. I don't even know if I'll see him again. We, we, we did share Facebooks. But at least I got the message to him. That's all God wants you to do is get the message to them. To, to think a four-year-old boy gave a cold water to a drunk. And told him that Jesus died for him and that he rose from the dead for him. A four-year-old boy. You know, I put one passage, Ezekiel 3. I was going to read it, but I'll just tell you what it's about. God has put Ezekiel in Babylon. And he, he now has, because the Jews do no, no longer have the temple, they no longer have the priest, they're really worried about their own faith. And so God's message to Ezekiel is that you need to tell them that I individually will be with them. But he says this. He says, if there's one that is is sinning, 
Ir jūs, uh, sakės, kelį, jeigu yra žmogus, kuris nusideda. And you don't warn him. Ir tu ją and he remains in his sin and dies in his sin. Ir jisai, toliau išlieka savo nuodėmė, ir savo he says, his blood will be on your hands. Dėl sakė, Ezekėlį, kad jo bus ant tavo But if you warn him, bet jeigu tu įpestėjai, and he still sins, ir jisai vis toliau nuodėmėjo, you're free. Tu esi laisvas. Your, his blood is not on your hand. But he says, but you have to warn him. You realize the most important thing about us being Christians. Is we have to warn our fellow humans. <laughs> Our neighbors, our po- the post office woman, <laughs> the lady at the Parduatuve, Pardu <laughs> you know, the, the, the neighbor and the friends, anyone who's never heard of Christ, we gotta let them know about Jesus and tell them that there's a better life that they could have. And God has put this on my heart today to let you guys know. Be ambassadors of Jesus and bring people back to God in a good relationship. Let's pray. Father God, I just, my heart's broken. I think about that little boy who gave this, a a bottle to that man. And And how that little act changed his life. That his life has now been radically uh, transformed. Because he had the living word of God. And he planted that word in his heart. Lord, we all have your living word of God. That word has the power of the Holy Spirit on it. And all we have to do is tell the people about you. Lord, give us wisdom to know how to talk to people, to know what to say to people that will best that for them to best hear the gospel. Allow us to get your word out to the lost because this is our calling. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Amen.